0: Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. As we shift gears to more conceptual material and eventually some interactive practice, I want to invite you to continue your practice of embodied awareness. So right now, uh, as you look in this direction and hear these words, can you maintain some awareness of your own body, of your own heart, Inviting you to set the, that intention uh, as I present some material to practice maintaining some inner awareness as you listen. <clears throat> so, this morning I'd like to introduce. some of the core material at the heart of nonviolent communication that supports this uh, project of learning how to speak and relate in a way that's in line with our deepest intentions in life. And so yesterday we talked about uh, um, this uh, core intention to understand in relationship and the, these components of curiosity and care as two, two parts to that. <clears throat> and we began to uh, investigate what are some different ways that we can stay connected to kindness, to curiosity in our lives, in our conversations, loving kindness practice, being one. Um, Many, many ways to do this. Community, having shared intentions with others. Um, uh, Religious iconography is another way to remind ourselves of our aspiration or our intentions, ritual. So there are many ways to do this. In uh, communication and relationship, There's a very powerful tool to remember this intention and to come back to it when we lose it. And this is based on our view, our way of looking at life and um, at ourselves and others. And this view is a view that's central to the, the whole system of nonviolent communication um, so let me let's start by just doing a little brainstorm to introduce this view. And. Um So let me ask you, what's important to you in life? If your life were complete and full, what, what, would, what would be a part of that? What kind of qualities or things would be a part of your life? Your life felt complete and full. What's, what's important to you? Community. Community. Just call them out and uh, I'll write them up here. Open Health, open heartedness, peace, peace. humor. humor. Service. Service, what else? Keep going. Love. Honesty, love, family, friends, puppy. Family, friends. Did you say puppies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that about play? Yeah. Play. Okay, great. What else? Learning. 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 Sorry? Mm-hmm. Okay. Meaning and purpose. And as we're saying these words, Notice how it feels to hear them. Keep going. Beauty. Beauty. Nourishment. Nourishment. A little louder. Adventure. Fun. Adventure and fun. Security. 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 Creativity. Freedom. What else? Get a few more up here. Expression. Expression. What's important to you? Nonviolence. Nonviolence. I'm guessing that's also connected to compassion. Yeah. Safety. Communication. Safe mm-hmm. Intimacy. intimacy. Safety. Great. And uh, mm, choice. Autonomy. Joy. Joy. How about respect? Mm-hmm. Cool. So we could keep going, right? <sighs> yeah. It's like noticing these are happy qualities. Yeah. Is that a complete life? Mm hmm. It seems pretty inaccurate. Mm hmm. So if your life were complete, if you and what's important to you? So uh, when I hear you say that, I'm wondering if part of what you're, you're naming is um, the desire for balance and, and honesty, authenticity. Great, yeah. So let's get those up here. Balance, honesty and authenticity, right? Where this isn't about being Pollyanna or pretending that we don't live in a world where there's pain and suffering and real hardship and oppression, right? Yeah? Awareness, Awareness yeah. So we could keep going. This is not a complete list by any means. Okay, so... Oh, I really want to say space. Space. Yeah, thank you, space. Love oh, yeah. yeah, love, <laughs> creativity. Trust. Trust. <laughs> so, again, we could keep going. This is not a complete list. There are probably important things that, 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 uh, that are not on this list. Would you say that... Um, This is something that's not unique to you individually or us in this room. Do you imagine that other human beings have these needs and value these things in different ways? Okay, so the perspective in nonviolent communication is that as human beings, we all share certain fundamental needs. We all, that part of being human means that there are certain qualities Certain aspects of life that are important to us, deeply. We call these needs. Okay, this comes out of the work of, the, of humanistic psychology, Carl Rogers, Abraham Maslow, uh, that Marshall Rosenberg built upon. And the understanding in nonviolent communication is that these needs are what motivate our actions that all human behavior can be understood or seen as an attempt to meet basic fundamental underlying needs. Shared needs. Remembering this perspective is a way to stay connected to our intention of curiosity and care so the perspective to put it very simply is everything we do we do to meet a need okay now we can have a discussion about is that true philosophically personally i'm less interested in that discussion than i am in what's the result pragmatically, of seeing life in this way. How does it affect my experience of life and my ability to engage in a way that's in line with my values? What I've seen in myself and what um, thousands and thousands of others have seen is that when we remember this view of human needs, that everything we do, we do to meet a need, it allows us to stay connected to one another's humanity, to get curious about what's underneath, behaviors that we may disagree with, and to care for the human being independent of their choices, behaviors, or actions. So key to this view, key to this perspective, is a certain differentiation. And that is the difference between a strategy and a need, and a strategy is our behavior, it's our action, it's our attempt to meet the need. Mm -hmm. So all of us have chosen to spend this week together, that's a strategy, probably to meet certain needs for learning, transformation, love, understanding, maybe community, maybe intimacy, compassion or freedom. Okay, coming to the retreat is a strategy to meet deeper needs. So a strategy is a specific action that's tied to a person, a particular location, action, time, or object. The need is, so the strategy is what we want in time and space. The need is why we want it. What's motivating us? To, to move in that direction. So this view, this perspective has great transformative power in our lives. When we're more aware of our needs, first and foremost, we have more choice. So if the only thing I'm aware of is what I want, then I only have one option to meet my needs. That one strategy, right? I want an ice cream cone. I want it now. <laughs> right? <laughs> is a banal example. Whereas if I'm aware of why I want that, the deeper needs underneath it. Now I have a lot more choice, a lot more options to be creative, to find other strategies to meet those needs. So conflict tends to happen on the level of our strategies, what we want. The deeper we go, the more we can identify the needs beneath those strategies, the more space there is to collaborate and be creative and find new ways of addressing the situation. So not only does it give us more choice, but it allows us to work together differently. It also allows us to understand one another more. With this perspective, we can begin to understand people uh, who on the surface, their actions or behaviors or words seem baffling to us. If we can start to look underneath the surface to see, well, what matters to this person? What needs might they be trying to meet through this behavior? So, To tell you a short story about the power of the awareness of needs. A colleague of mine was teaching a one-day Nonviolent Communication Workshop uh, in Israel, teaching on this very topic. One of the participants was driving home afterwards and contemplating the material and thinking, all right, everything we do, we do to meet a need. That's interesting. And he reached for a cigarette I've been a smoker for years and years. And he stopped and said, okay, well, if this stuff is true, then my, my smoking a cigarette is trying to meet some needs. It's a strategy, okay. Well, let's say, what needs am I trying to meet? And he thought about it. He said, okay, I want to feel relaxed. I want to feel relaxed. I want to take my mind off things. I want a break. I want to feel relaxed, take a break. Shit, there are better ways to do this than smoking.
1: <laughs>
0: I stop smoking. Cold turkey. Once he understood the needs beneath the action. Now, not everyone can kick an addiction like that, just Just with that insight, this individual happened to have that kind of a makeup, right? Where he could do that. But this is the power on a personal level of being aware of needs. In terms of our relationships, we were talking earlier about some of our conditioning, some of our habits that we've been trained when our needs aren't met to think about that in terms of blame, in terms of reactive judgment, Right. So, um, if you have a coworker and they're more concerned about the details than you are, then they become anal, mm-hmm. obsessive, control freak. control freak, picky, right? Micromanaging. Now, if the tables are turned and I'm more concerned with details than they are, now, now what do they become? Now, who? Are? Lazy sloppy, irresponsible, disorganized, unprofessional, right? (laughs) Or if I'm in a romantic relationship and I want more affection and touch and intimacy than my partner. What does my partner become? What are the words I use to describe them? Cold, removed, uptight, distant. uh, You know, depending on uh, their gender identification, there are, you know, crueler words we might use, right, to to describe this kind of behavior pattern. Now, if the tables are turned and my partner wants more affection and intimacy and time than I do, then what do they become? Needy, clingy, demanding, dependent, (laughs) right? Okay, so you see what's happening? Whatever's going on with me and my needs becomes about you. So this is something that Marshall Rosenberg was great at pointing out and saying, all right, take a step back here. If you want somebody to do something differently for you in your life, how useful of a strategy is it to blame them and tell them what's wrong with them? How much does that inspire change and desire to like listen to us and work together, right? It's, a, it's kind of a really backward strategy, but we do this. So one of the core principles behind this whole practice is that the less blame and criticism in our words, the more openness others will have to hearing what's going on for us and actually working together. And this view of human needs can help us to get underneath those judgments and blame and find a different way of expressing ourselves, as well as a different way of hearing others even when they're expressing blame and judgment we don't need to take it on because we can just hear what matters to them, what's going on. Underneath that blame and that judgment, they're expressing some unmet need and we can train ourselves to tune into that. So I wanna say a few more words about where this fits in the model and what, I'm, what we mean by needs. So what we're looking at here is a training in our attention, this third foundation of learning to identify needs. That we can actually cultivate a certain kind of looking at experience that allows us to see the underlying values behind our own and others' actions and that our ability to train ourselves to see that helps us stay connected to the intention of curiosity and care. The two support each other. We get curious. What matters here? If everything we do, we do to meet a need, there's some underlying need or value. What is that? Can I get curious? Being aware of needs then feeds this intention to connect and and to care. It allows us to be aware of one another's humanity. So a few more. So needs
1: and values are not the same.
0: I'm getting there next. Because you use them
1: interchangeably.
0: I use them interchangeably, needs and values. So let me say a little bit more about what I mean mean by a need and why I use the word value. So we have a lot of cultural associations with that word need. What are some of the associations you have with the word need? Negative, why? Needy, right? Not sufficient. Like not sufficient, lacking. What else? Infantile. Infantile. Ineffective. Ineffective. Selfish. Selfish, dependent. Right, so this is the way our culture um, kind of uh, relates to the concept of need, right? Not enough, give to me, I want, I need. Okay, there's this kind of contraction and the, the lack of maturity, infantile. This is not what we, mean, what, we mean, what we mean by human needs in nonviolent communication. Do we need air? Do we need water? Do we need food? Is there any debate about that? No, these are needs. They're not positive or negative, they're a reality. Do human beings need love? Do human beings need peace, safety, creativity? So the understanding, the perspective here is that we, we, ha- we, we are not just material beings. We are relational creatures, and we are spiritual creatures. We have physical, physiological needs. We have relational needs, and we have higher needs—needs needs for meaning and purpose and spirituality. And this is part of being human. We can only go for a few hours. Um, for, sorry, for a few minutes without air. Water—it's a few. Uh, uh, Water—it's a few days. Food—it's a few weeks. We can only go for so long without love or meaning before there's real damage to the human psyche and eventually the body. You can die from grief. Okay, So these are real needs. Now, so the question is not do we have needs or not. The question is how do we relate to them? How do we relate to our needs? So what's meant by a need is this fundamental Um, aspect of being human that's uh, a part of of a full and, and flourishing life as human beings, these root longings and desires that we have that are part of what make us human. A need, by definition, from this perspective, is universal or more universal. It's something that's shared by everyone. So if you can't get behind it and say yes, I want that, and I want that for every human being on the planet, then it's not a need. The part of the definition is that it's shared by everyone, that we would want it for everyone. When we get to this level of human experience, we often feel a sense of openness or settledness, some sense of connection. So this is what we mean by need. Sometimes... We can get at this. So that word need is, uh, it's limited. The, cu- the, 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 the English word need, because it has all of these cultural associations, is, is a limited way of representing this aspect of experience that I'm describing, this list that we generated of all these things that are important to us. So one of the ways I like to talk about needs is what matters. Needs are what matter to us. Another way I like to talk about needs is as something that we value. Now, this is different a little bit from the way we usually use the word value, like my values, right? Well, I have a value for, um, you know, I have conservative values or I have liberal values, right? The way we use that word in society today. What I, what, when I use the word value, I'm pointing to the sense of something mattering to me, like I really value respect. I really value... Uh, everyone having enough to live on. These are things that I value. These are needs that I have. So depending on um, what word you use, it might highlight a different aspect of how you experience this particular quality of our hu- humanity. So sometimes I might, we might say need. Sometimes we might say value. It's what helps you connect with this aspect of human experience. Sometimes I might say I really enjoy, you know? I I really enjoy a sense of um, play and balance in life. I'm pointing at what matters. So everything we do, we do to meet a need, and we can train our attention to begin to be more aware of this dimension, this aspect of human experience. It transforms our own relationship with ourselves, our own life, and it becomes a, a vehicle for building understanding in our relationships. We start to be able to hear other people at a deeper level, underneath the judgments, the words, the views. What's actually going on? What matters? What's the objective here? And this is a training. So I'd like to do some practice with this, but first I wanna see if there are any other questions about this conceptual framework that I'm presenting. Yeah, Janet, I'm just gonna send over a mic so others can hear you more easily.
1: I'm just kind of re- reflecting on, on, on something that just came to me about with the attention is that, um, like the work of Carol Dweck on mindset. Mm-hmm. It's like you were talking about the, the person in Israel who just was able to quit his smoking. Mm-hmm. It's, and you said he's built that way. It's, it's either you have a, if you kind of, it, I'm, I'm wondering if you bring, since we're just, this is kind of a newer thought since NBC started, is about the mindset about whether it's the fixed mindset or the growth mindset. Mm. So it depends upon the filter mm-hmm. either way mm-hmm. that can be grown, Right. because otherwise you're striving for still a lot of those things thinking they're going to run out. Yeah. But they really aren't. For some yeah. people that come here, interested mm. more in growth probably. Yeah. But it, that's helpful to me in just thinking that. I was just wondering if you things. it's kind of new newer thinking.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm less familiar with her particular work and, and framing of things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yes. Can you wait for it or can you not? Yeah. And if you can, that's a muscle. That yes. Can be more yeah. than that? Which yeah. to me is, uh, I don't worry about it as much. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think there's, some, I'm not sure where it plays into it, but yeah. it, it, I think yeah. there's
0: a place for it. Yeah. Comes yeah. Comes it's, it's meeting a certain need for, for learning and okay. contributing and, uh, and growth. Oh, well, I'm aware of my filter that I can start this process. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or am I coming from an open place? Yeah. And, the, and the, the, the aim here, so the, the overarching filter, the overarching aim in terms of nonviolent communication, and this is very important, is meeting human needs. That's the aim. How do we live on this planet together and meet needs? That's life. Life is human beings meet needs interdependently. And how do we do that? And can we use our relationships and our words, right? We say to children, use your words. Can we use our language and our words and our relationships to work together to meet more needs? That's the purpose of this practice. Or one purpose, I should say. It's also about transformation, inner transformation. So I want to... clarify my uh, request and invitation for this particular moment in our morning, questions about the model that are unclear rather than comments and and building. I appreciate your comment, but just in terms of time, anything that's confusing, any questions that you wanna ask? Yeah.
1: Um, So the difference between need and value, I'm not so clear about it and I was wondering, The way I understood it was maybe a need is something that we find essential in the value. When I say I value this or this, it points out to the way that I will use as myself, which can be different from other people. So it will just point out to maybe a strategy or... um, Uh,
0: That would be one way of understanding it. It's not the way I'm defining it and um that's a perfectly valid uh, syntax. Um, I am using the two words synonymously as well as the the phrase "What matters to point to this aspect of human experience, the reason I'm using different words for it is that depending on where we so so the the training here is um there are different stages and steps to this training. So the first stage is just becoming aware of our needs. And for many of us, this is huge. Even recognizing, oh, I have needs. Holy cow, I didn't realize that. You know, like, and so do you, wow, right? And just beginning to develop the capacity to notice needs. That's the first step. The second step is how am I relating to my needs? Is there a relationship of clinging and grasping? I need to have this need met. Is there a relationship of um, balance? I deeply value this. It's important to me. I will do everything I can to actualize this without harming others. And I recognize that life's out of my control. Developing a mature relationship with needs. This is where... Buddhism and NVC intersect. The Four Noble Truths is about understanding, grasping. And and our needs are the primary place that we grasp. And then the kind of third stage is looking at how do we how are we in dialogue with others' needs? How do we how do we balance? uh, How do we move beyond the sense of identification of my needs and your needs? from a personal perspective and see that there are just human needs and all of them matter because we're all sharing life together. And I, I, because we are relational creatures, I care about everyone's needs because compassion is one of my core needs and contributing to life. So if your needs for shelter and food and safety are not being met, by definition, some of my needs aren't being met. And then that, that division of me and you starts to break down that's kind of the third stage, more of an advanced stage. So getting back to your question, what's the difference between a need and a value? Why do I use those words differently? So for some of us, we have been conditioned, particularly in our culture, this is more the case for um, people who uh, uh, identify as women or have been identified by our culture as women, uh, tend to, dissociate from our needs. Women are trained or socialized to give up their needs in service of others, right? So uh, for those of of us who have received that training, regardless of our gender, it tends to coalesce around women. It's it's, uh, in, in becoming aware of our needs and developing a relationship with them, it might be more important to have the concept of need. Like, this is a need, in the way that water and food and shelter are needs and actually emphasize that sense of like, no, this really matters to me. And I actually need to come more onto that side of the spectrum and and reclaim this as something that's core to being alive because my culture and society has actually trained me to um, dismiss that and cut off from that part of myself, okay? Now, depending on our conditioning, if we're on the other side of the spectrum, so, you know, um, as a a white male in our society, I have a lot of privilege, and I feel very entitled to having my needs met in ways that I might be blind to, right? So for me, in certain contexts, it might be more useful to, to recognize, like, I value this. It emphasizes a different aspect of the relationship to the need, less like, This matters to me and more and or less like I need this and more, okay, this is a value of mine. This is something that's important to me. It shifts the relationship. So they're just different entry points into this aspect of human experience. And there's a spectrum and it's not like it's one way for each of us. It depends on the need. Each different need, we're going to have a different relationship with, and we might need to find a different place of balancing. And so how we language it to ourselves will allow us to relate to it differently. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the question. Yeah, maybe um, one or two more and then let's do some practice. Cynthia and then uh, Daphna.
1: Could you speak a little bit more about that sense of kind of entitlement to those needs? Um, I would say that for a lot of things on that list, uh, my initial feeling is I don't have the right to need that. and um, That those seem kind of optional. Such as? Uh, Autonomy or choice or um, nature or beauty that those
0: might- So let me ask you a question. When you look at something like, say autonomy or beauty and you say, well, I don't have a right to that. If I were to ask you, do you want other human beings on the planet to feel and experience autonomy, sense of autonomy? Do you want other human beings to have access to beauty? Great. So why are you any different? <laughs> look, look at that. Take a look at that. Some, some, there's some ways in which we don't allow ourselves to want certain needs to be met just because of how we've been conditioned and thinking, oh, that's selfish. But when we turn it around and think, well, do I want other people to have this? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay, I can include that in myself. So, and, and needs are interdependent, right? So it's, it's not like, well, I want autonomy and then all of my other needs go out the window and I'll, I'll fight for my autonomy at the expense of anything, right? No, we, have, we, we all have multiple needs. And in any moment, different needs may be more in the foreground than others. Hold on. Just in terms of the term you used, uh, right, I think uh, the way we often think of rights, it's a more narrow concept than, uh, than we're, needs as we're using it here. Yeah. Yeah. And e- even within the talking about rights, those are used in all sorts of different ways, sometimes very n- more narrow, sometimes wider. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just while we're getting the mic over to, to Daphne, This is a rich area, right? The implications of this are far reaching. And so we're not gonna explore every nuance and facet of it. The idea is that in this retreat, we're wanting to really introduce you to a felt experience of this and to start having the training, or for those of you who've been doing this, to deepen the training of learning how to identify needs, learning how to shift your attention to this layer of experience of what matters to myself, to others.
1: So, in relationship to others, um, sometimes I find the needs are very different. Somebody may have a very, feel they have a very high need of something from you that you don't feel you want to have. Give
0: that. me an example.
1: Um, my mother. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, just, yeah, wanting um, me to live near her, wanting me to have more connection to her, you know, more time. Yeah, yeah. So those aren't oh, needs. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, if yeah. it's tied to a person, mm-hmm. a place, a time, mm-hmm. an object, that's a strategy. Mm-hmm. You're a strategy for your mom. Okay. Uh, what do you think her needs are?
1: <laughs> um, Connection. Uh-huh, love. what else?
0: Love, yeah. Um, Belonging, safety, mm-hmm. knowing that she matters. Yeah. Yeah. She's trying to get her needs met. Okay. Some I of her strategies good. don't work for you. Mm-hmm because you have other needs,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And we all meet our needs in different ways, right? I meet my needs for peace in one way. Someone else might try to meet their needs for peace through violence. That might be their strategy and that might make sense to them.
1: So yeah, so communicating more, you know, seeing her needs and yes. meeting her there right, in relationship. Yeah, if we
0: have time, maybe we can play with that. It's a great example. So I want to do some practice with this, just to start to kind of get, get in the groove here of identifying needs. So um, first, let's play a little game. Let's have some fun. I'm going to say um, uh, a need. And if you want to pull out your packet and uh, turn to, I think it's the third page or so, there's a needs list. I'm gonna say a need, and I want you to come up with a few strategies that might meet this need. Skillful or unskillful? Doesn't matter, up to you. (laughs) So my need for adventure, someone raise your hand and I'm gonna toss you this this tennis ball and uh, tell me a strategy to meet a need for adventure. Skydiving. And someone else raise your hand and toss it over.
1: Travel.
0: One more need need for adventure, Janet? Mm-hmm. Hiking. Great. So Janet choose another need and let's do some more strategies. Learning. Ways to meet a need for learning. Who's got an idea? Take a class. What else? Great, choose another need, third person.